world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Uh, hey, we're trying something new today. Trying to go after headphones. So uh, Spencer, the guy riding herd there on the on top of the cattle cart, he's uh, trying to determine whether or not we're getting feedback. Are we doing okay there, Spence? All right, cool. Going to try to do it without the headphones. I got them right here. I can pop them in if I want to at any time. You know, listen. Uh, I love I love this show. <laughs> that sounds that sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? I, I love this show. I love the show because of really the give and take and the feedback. And I, I want all of you out there to know that, you know, I got, I get emails every day. I want you to know, I, please hear me. I never take them personally. I never, ever take them personally. So please be, feel free to say whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. I think, especially the last couple of days, some of the things that we've been talking about, I think this discussion is good for the body. I think it's good. And I, I, I know this, that all of us, whether we will admit it or not, we will go to war over our theology, won't we? We really will. And like I always say, uh, major on the majors, don't major on the minors. And we, You know, in, in this time in which we live, in the conclusion or climax of whatever's going on here with this COVID and this new way of life that we're all living, there's something, there's something in the middle of this and there's something at the end of this. And I really think that some of the trivialities and stuff that we're dealing with isn't really going to matter. For instance, the bride of Christ. You know, uh, 10 years from now, when you're in the grave, it ain't going to matter what, what the theology was on the bride of Christ and who the bride of Christ is and who was the, who was the uh, antichrist and what was the market. All that stuff that we really, we really get all knotted up over, don't we? We really do. And uh, one of the points I want to make, one of the many points I want to make is, it's great to have these theological discussions because, friends, the truth of the matter is we all claim to believe the Bible, but yet we don't all believe the same thing about the Bible. Isn't that, that's kind of unique, isn't it? I mean, it's, that's kind of unique. And the fact that uh, until we come to the point where we're comfortable discussing with one another why, what we believe and why we believe it and whether or not it's true, I think it's really, really vital. And if I'm wrong, I want to know it. I don't. I don't want to keep following some. If it's not the truth, I don't want to know it. But you know, there's great security in, in the truth, isn't it? If you know that you're hanging on to the truth, I'm, here's what I know. I know that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins. Did he die for the sins of the whole world? Does everybody? Does Jesus love everybody? Is everybody a child of God? You know, it doesn't really matter, does it? That's what Paul says, the, for foolish and unlearned questions avoid, for they do engender strifes. So it doesn't really matter. It's dialogue, it's arguments, it's discussions. Are you saved? <laughs> are you saved? That you really want to get right down to it. Are you saved? And what are you doing with your salvation? When you stand before the Lord and you give an account for your deeds done in the flesh, what, uh, what's going to be your response? What's your scorecard going to look like? And it isn't going to matter. I'm sorry. All of these theological issues that we argue over ain't going to be worth a hoot now when we stand before the Lord. It's just going to be a salvation issue. And so uh, I, I, I thank all of you for extending grace to me because I know some of you are gnawing it on your, on your tongues, things that you want to say. And don't take it personally. I don't take what you send me personally. I read it. I take it with a grain of salt. I say, you know, I say two things when I read one of those emails. I say, wow. He really doesn't get it. Or I would say, wow, maybe I'm missing it. That's always my reaction. When, I, when you guys send me an email, that is always my reaction. Because we make a mistake when we assume our theology is right. I'm right. You're wrong. 
Well, I could be wrong. You could be right. <laughs> but it really doesn't matter, right? So these are these are healthy, healthy discussions. And and I'm really kind of in that same vein here this morning. There's two things I gotta do, I gotta make sure I do. Spencer, get it ready right now. Get the calendar up. I gotta run through some things on the calendar after Myra prays us in. Go ahead, Myra. And by the way, listen, listen. I, I kicked Myra yesterday uh, figuratively. I'm not gonna I am not going to let this huddle be about things that divide us. Right? If you're interested in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you are interested in speaking in tongues, God bless you. If you don't, God bless you. And I'm not going to let any of these type of issues divide us. You believe what you believe. Just know if what you believe is the truth. That's that's all I am with it, right? So uh, I, I don't want to lose anybody because they don't agree with our doctrine here. Because if I had you guys all sit down and get out a pen and write down my doctrine, I couldn't even do it, I don't think. And I'm telling you, you sure can't, because I'm I'm working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Everybody give me a thumbs up. We're all still friends and all that kind of stuff. I think this stuff is good. And, in other words, also, it's also important for us that if I am right and you are wrong, or you are right and I am wrong, I need to be able to explain to you why, why what you're believing is wrong. So we have to have these discussions. And then you take it to the Holy Spirit and you take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, you know, I don't, man, I don't feel comfortable about that. Where is it, Lord? Show me, Lord. Guide me into all truth rather than closing yourself off. Saying, oh, it makes me nervous. Well, you don't know the truth. And the truth, you know it's going to make you free. Go ahead, Myra. Coach, I will be delighted to do so. Thank you so much. Good morning, Harold. It is written, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Through I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, I have not charity. I become a sounding brass or a thinking symbol. And thought I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Amen. And I do I bestow all my gods to feed the poor and through I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity Amen. suffereth long and is kind and charity. And be of not charity, all give not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeking nor her own, it's not easily provoke. Thinketh not evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bear all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whenever the prophecies, they shall fall. Whenever they be tongues, they shall cause, cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect in come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was Amen. a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I'll do as a, as a child. But when I became a man, I put I my child like things. And quit acting like a kid. Amen. For now, see through a grass darkly, but the face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am now. And now abide of faith, hope, charity, this thee. But the greatest of these is charity. Jesus, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle. We open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And boy, there is some evil out there, and it does need to be broken, doesn't it? My goodness. Hey, get the schedule up there for me. I wonder, maybe it's on my end. Maybe I need to click here real good. Is that what I want? Uh, I don't know. I make that make that screen big for me, Spence. What's going on that it's not big on my screen? Maybe I just need to click on it. Could that be it? <clears throat> so I just need to click on that thing. No, I didn't do it. So so look, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and we've added some stuff stuff to the schedule. Good, reclaiming this uh, July 29th. Uh, go there for a conference. Oh, that's just sweet. <laughs> That's this weekend. Mike Spong, again, folks, you can go there. If you can't make it, you can do the live streaming. I'm going to go there, be there, and purchase the live streaming. Why? Because I can keep the live streaming. And I don't know if you guys, you go to some of these things, there's so much head knowledge, and you don't catch it all. And I, I don't like to sit there and take notes, although some people do. If I have the 
have the replay, I can go home and replay each one of the things that really, really were kind of, you know, somebody puts a, a, a PowerPoint up on the screen, you read it, say, man, that's amazing. And then they go to the next one, and I never caught the first one. So I purchased, not, not only to support uh, Dr. Spalding, but I, I think it would be advantageous. So what, that's going to go on this weekend. Then uh, Ohio Salt and Light Huddle at Betty's. Friday the 12th. She needs to know how many people are coming because she's got to get food. She has to, um, hotel arrangements, all that stuff. Betty, you got anything you want to say about that real quick? Yes. Um, the rooms are $99 at the Microtel, so uh, that should be on there. Plus, I'm not asking for a donation, so just put zero. It's whatever you want to do, but put zero just so we know how many people are coming. Put a dollar in there, folks. Give us a dollar anyway, a dollar for our, for our work. So she's not asking any donation at all, but if you're going to come, go in and register. If it's two of you, make sure we know that it's two of you because she's messing yes. with all the all the food and everything. Yes. All right. I'm excited and rare Amen. to go. So. Amen. <laughs> Thank Amen. you. Amen. 12th and 13th. Oh, also, Coach, if anyone has yeah. an RV, we do, you know, you, we have that long driveway down on the bottom. So if yeah. anyone has RVs, they can come and bring their RVs and park and plug them in. Good to know. Thanks, Betty. Thanks, Betty. What's your next one up there, Spence? I want to make sure I get get these things mentioned. Gary's been, been doing a lot of work getting this all together for me. Kentucky Salt and Light Brigade Huddle Spiritual Warfare Conference. Bobby Lee setting that one up for us down there in Kentucky, August 26th. Bobby, I don't know if you're in here. You want to say anything about it? Yes, I'm here, and I do want to say something about it. Listen, we got great speakers. We got Tom, Tom Dunn doing Spiritual Warfare, Hevner. We got uh, Paxton Coach is going to be there, and we have Sunshine that's going to be doing some great singing. Now, we are asking for donations. It's free, but it's not free, and we got to pay for expenses. We got we, we have to take care of these people that are coming in to provide you with a, a great spiritual warfare training. And we also have a hotel in LaGrange at lower cost that uh, you can contact me and get information about. So go on site, register, and donate. Even if you're not going, we need donations. Thank you. Amen. Hey, folks, listen, I always pay our speakers. Workman's worthy of his wages. I always give them uh, whatever, whatever the fee is. Now, listen, Bobby's not going to be stuck for that. Pass Assault Ministries we're, we'll take the financial responsibility of it. So you can donate. I don't know, Bobby, if you want to donate directly to you or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Donations do help, folks. Well, Coach, we got, we got a donation button. If when they go in there and register right below that, there's a blue donation button. They can donate. Okay, gotcha. All right, good. Okay, cool. Gotcha. It's all good. All good. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting here this morning? Speak up. Speak up on the calendar list. Well, Gary, Gary's been putting them together for me. Gary, let's see what I forget here. Nobody Wisconsin, the Wisconsin huddle, which is, uh, we don't have all that up there, but no, that's uh, uh, September 9th, that weekend. Uh, you guys don't remember September 11th, right? Just remember it's September 11th. It's the day the towers came down. So we'll get, we'll get more of the details up there. Ray, I don't know if Ray's in here or not, if he wants to say anything about that. No? Nope. You got the August 14th cool. thing. For the men, haven't, haven't yeah August fourth. We haven't really firmed that up yet, but yes, August fourteenth, and we'll there'll be more up there. Men, after Betty's huddle, for those of you who don't go to Betty's huddle, maybe you're coming from different things. We're getting we're having a men's get together on Sunday the fourteenth. So uh, pencil that in, and we'll get more details up there for you all then on that. All right, cool. Yeah, I took fifteen minutes. I hate wasting that much time. Myra, did you want to say something quickly? Hands up. Coach, I just want to give praises to the Lord for the events coming up and for the great discussions we're having in the huddle. Um, I would like to read uh, Psalm 135, 1 to um, 4. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who ministered in the house of the Lord, in the house, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name for that is present, for the Lord has chosen Jacob to be his own, Israel to be his treasure possession. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Okay, let's dive in today. Let me let me dive in. Where, where did I want to go there first, Coach? Where'd you put that down? I, you know, yesterday we, we talked a lot about uh, talked a lot about, about the gifts, the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And I was really prompted this morning by the Holy Spirit to go to number five, Spencer. Number five. This would just be our little our, our little uh Bible study, if you will, what it is for this this morning. And please listen. I don't know it all, okay? I don't know it all. 
I haven't been to seminary. I don't understand the difference between dispensationalism and Arminianism. I, I mean, I sort of do, but I couldn't give a hoot in hell. I don't really care, right? Same thing I was talking about. I don't care. And the reality is many of you, many of us, are learning our way through Christianity. Somebody say amen that you're with me. Amen. Amen. I'm learning my way through it. And even though they've told us uh, in our churches, um, they didn't tell us. Many of us are simply just picking up the doctrine of the pastor, whatever the pastor is trained in. Doesn't make him a bad guy. It's, It's the theology he was raised in. That's good. I'm cool with it. But he might be wrong. You might be wrong. And, you know, again, coming back to that whole issue of speaking in tongues, you either do or you don't. It's either a gift or it isn't. I don't know why we argue over it. I don't know. But, again, you probably have adopted the theology of your pastor. And uh, praise the Lord. Some have been in the same denomination forever and haven't heard a lot of things we're talking. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here. So I, I went to Ephesians this morning because yesterday we were talking about uh, the gifts, the gifts. And we always start, I was starting at 4.11, I think I usually start. But I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. might be important if I go back and read 1. 4.1. can start at the beginning. That, that might be a good idea. And also remember, excuse me, this is chapter 4. And that means that there was a chapter 1 and a chapter 2 and a chapter 3, right? So chapter 4 is building upon what he spoke about in chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. I'm not going to go back there, but I am going to go back to the chapter break. Whoever determined this is where chapter four be. Remember, the guy's writing a letter, and on the letter, he didn't write down chapter four, right? Somebody put it according to chapter. So we get that. We understand that the editing of how the Bible is put together. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye that walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Do, 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 do. Hey, Spence, ask Mr. Webster, what's a vocation? What's a vocation? Because I want to walk according to the vocation where I was called. That's what Paul said I should do. You're awake there, Spencer? Go to Webster's. Go to Webster's. Oh, Mr. Webster. And ask, what's a vocation? Not a vacation. That's what most Christians are on. A vocation. Among divines, a calling. A calling by the will of God or the bestowment of God's distinguished grace upon another person or a nation, by which that person or nation is put in the way of salvation, as the vocation of the Jews under the old dispensation and the Gentiles under the gospel. A vocation is a summons, a call, an inducement, a designation to a particular state or profession, an employment, a calling, an occupation, a trade. So we are supposed to walk worthy of all of those things, you're calling, not your job. Although your job many times may be similar to your vocation. You probably, if you are a good musician, you maybe are drawn to the music ministry. I get that. That's your gifting, right? And so Paul says, go back to, go back to Ephesians. <clears throat> it is Ephesians, isn't it? Walk, walk worthy of the vocation where you were called. You were called into something, friends. God gifted you and called you for a particular purpose, for a particular time, for a particular season. If you're walking under the unction of the Holy Spirit. But you got to do it with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Can I tell you, I hate, I hate Christian titles. I hate them. Because in my opinion... That's, they're not doing that with all lowliness. Some guy calls, I'm, I'm bishop so-and-so, I'm apostle so When you announce who you are by your gifting, you're not doing that with loneliness and meekness. You're saying that so others will have some form of respect for you, I think, okay? Call me coach. Well, I am a coach because I had to be the coach. But I told you, don't call me Pastor Dave. I'm not, I'm not, don't, I'm not, don't call me that. Am I, am I fulfilling a pastoral role? Yeah, but I don't need that title. I don't need to call me Pastor Coach Dave. It's a calling. It's a gifting, all right? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Wow. I can stay there a while. Because dudes, that's what Paul would say if he's here today. Dudes, there's only one body. 
There's only one spirit. And even as you are, what? Called. Has anybody developed your calling for you? Anybody ever recognized your calling? Anybody helped you walk in your calling? There's one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of what? The gift of Christ. There's that word again. Why the heck would I be proud of a gift? I mean, I'm proud of the gift. I recognize the gift. I honor the gift. But why the heck would I go around announcing to everybody my gifting? And we do that because, listen, there's a higher hierarchical system in religion. Hang on. Hang on. I'm Sarah Quakeyard Spencer. Hierarchy. Go, go back to Mr. Webster. Sorry, this, folks, this is worth it. Hierarchy. You see, I can't even spell it. H-I-E. 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 There you are. Hierarchical. What? An order or rank of angels, oh yeah, or celestial beings, or subordination of holy beings, constitution and government of the Christian church, ecclesiastical politity, comprehending different orders of the clergy. That's a hierarchy, all right? And Paul's telling us here in Ephesians, hey, quit hoarding your hierarchy over everybody else. Will you do that? But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive. And what did he do? He gave gifts unto men, plural. He gave the gifts as it was needed in the body, friends. Hey, we need a right guard over here. Let's have a draft. Let's have a draft. We need a left tackle. Can we have a draft here? The Lord's always having a draft. Gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what is it? But that he that also descended first in the lower parts of the earth. And he that ascended the same also descended above far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some gifts. He gave the gift of an apostle. And he gave the gift of uh, some prophets. And he gave some the gift of being an evangelist. He gave some others, some pastors. He gave some others, some teachers. Is that it? Is that all the gifts? Is that it? No, but we act like it is. He says, I'm giving you an example. You got this guy and this guy and this guy, and you got a, you got a gift of helps, and you got you got a gift of mercies, and you got a gift of there's all kinds of gifts. God, God's not out of gifts. Why did he give them? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All right, Spencer, edify. What's it mean to edify? Edify. To build in a literal sense to instruct and improve the mind and knowledge generally, and particularly in a moral and religious knowledge, to teach or persuade. So he wants to edify, build up, teach the body that we come into the fullness of who we are, and we can't do it if we don't have all the parts functioning. And some of you have a very critical, important gift, and nobody's ever asked you to exercise it. That's my passion. If I had a passion, that's it, to get you to play to the fullest of your ability, you as an individual, as as you work into the body of Christ, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. It ain't about us. It ain't about your denomination. It ain't about your eschatology. That we henceforth and act, act like kids anymore, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, chasing after every prophetic teacher and this new pastor and that new pastor. By the slight of men, cunning craft. And that's something that, that the, the Holy Spirit's warning us. If you're chasing after the get guy with the gift, it's going to be the slight of men, the cunning craftness, and they wait, thereby they lay in wait to deceive. It's really good, isn't it? But speaking the truth in love, that you may grow up into all things, 
which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body, the whole body fits together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, every part, according to the effectual work. There's a good word, effectual, Spencer, effectual. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Effectual? Effectual, what does that mean? It means uh, producing an effect to the effect desired or intended of having adequate power force to produce the effect. That's effectual. That if I go to the school board or Jeff Klein goes to the school board meeting and they stop teaching critical race theory, his efforts were effectual. Effectual. Right? And Paul said, our prayers ought to be effectual. Our gift ought to be effectual. The body ought to be effectual. Going to effectual working in the measure of every part. See, every measure of every part. Just a little bit of this here and a little bit of, ooh, a little bit of condemnation, a little bit of conviction, a little bit of love, throwing a little bit of mercy, throwing a little bit of grace. All comes together, a measure in every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth now on don't walk like those people that aren't saved, will you? In the vanity of their own mind, will you quit acting like the world? Having the understanding darkened, they don't think they can't get it. Why? Because they're alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Oh, my God, is this deep. Who, who uh, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. We talked about that last week, right? Lasciviousness. Out of control. Totally, completely out. They've given themselves over to totally out of control. Screwing everything that walks. Pardon my French. To work all uncleanness with greediness. Don't you see that? (laughs) But here's the problem. Is this creeping into the church? Huh? Is this greediness and uncleanness creeping into the church? Are we complicit in elevating men? Wait a minute. Elevating gifts so high that we're disappointed when the men don't live up to the gift. They're just fallible men. They're just men. I could fall tomorrow. Quit idolizing me if you are. Stop doing that. Quit putting me on a pedestal. Talk to my wife. And understand that we got to quit. We, we, we have to honor the gift, but understand that it's a gift, that that person with that gift. I was just listening to Dan Fogelberg, whatever his name is. Uh, he's playing the song. Uh, what's what the name of the song? Uh, leader of the band. Leader of the band is tired and his eyes are growing old. And I'm thinking, Lord, what a gift. How does he do that? How does he do that? And right right to his words to sing that song. And then we've got to be careful or we idolize him. And then we pay $90 to go hear him, right? And you go to Joel Osteen, they can't even get in the the door. Why can't they get in the door? Because they're idolizing Joel Osteen. Oh, boy. Who, being past feeling, who've lost their feelings, they're they're numb, they've given themselves over to lasciviousness and uncleanness and greediness. But you, talking to you and us, you've not so learned Christ. If so, be that you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. That old life, that old carnal life, put that thing off. It's corrupt according to this deceitful lust. See, lusts are always deceitful. Lusts don't always show up as lusts. They sneak in. They're deceitful. Be renewed in your mind. Get rid of the... Get rid of the stinking thinking and that you put on the new man after which God has created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying. What? We're putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor for we're all members one of another. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. You want to get on the bad side of me? Lie to me. Anybody else amen me? Hmm? 
Yet we're surrounded by it all Amen. the time. Surrounded Amen. by lies and liars all the time. And he said, don't do that. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I want to stop right there a minute. If you're angry about something for me, I don't care what it is. And it says, don't let your sun go down on your wrath. That's not meaning don't be angry. It's meaning act appropriately on that anger. Act appropriately on it. If the Lord has touched you with something that makes you angry, you better deal with it. Otherwise, it turns into a root of bitterness, right? And what's it say? If you don't do it, if you let the sun go down on that anger, you're going to give a place to the devil. He said, don't you be doing that. Don't you give that devil a foothold. And I want to circle back, as I said yesterday, a couple of days ago. Some of you get so butthurt. You, you could never play football for me. You could never, you couldn't, you just couldn't take it. You take everything too personally, right? Take correction personally. My wife, when my wife says to me, honey, your belly's too big. I don't go eat. I go on a diet. I know she loves me. I take her criticism in the manner it was given, right? Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands. There you are, Jonathan. Labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth him. But no corrupt communication. That doesn't mean swearing. Most of you don't swear, but you gossip. And I'm going to tell you something. Every time you gossip, that's worse, in my opinion, than saying the poop word. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of what? Edifying, building up, that it may minister grace unto those who hear it. Boy, this is deep. When you do that, you won't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Evidently, you do grieve him when you do it. And I don't know what that looks like to grieve the Holy Spirit, but I don't think it's good. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil. Look, do you want to have a theology, folks? There's your theology right there. Just do that. Just do that theology right there. Let no bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's a great theology right there, right there. And how about this? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. This leads into then the gifts, what the gifts are, right? This is the problem. This is the problem in Christianity. First of all, we have a higher hierarchical system. Everybody wants to buy their seat next to the king. How I remember back a few years ago, we were wrestling with some uh, some conflict. It's always conflict in the family, and everybody wants to know how they could get on my good side. I thought, how wicked! <laughs> Anybody got coach's ear? Yeah. Yeah, the Holy Spirit does. And so do you if you pick up the phone and call me. What do you mean get coach's ear? Well, you see right here, right? How to handle it, how to do it. But the hierarchical system makes you, for the most part, your whole Christian life, you've been nothing but a sub submissive, subservient to somebody, some organization. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. I said yesterday, I'm on an all-out assault on uh, mainline Christianity, establishment Christianity. It's been a hindrance to us. I got a thousand things I want to share with you today, but I know you guys got a thousand things that you want to say. Uh, what time is it? Jeez, are you kidding me? Okay, hey, cue up. Uh, um, hey, who determines what's the right thing to do? You know why we're in the mess we're in? Because we're letting the devil determine what's the right thing to do. That's why we're in the mess we're in. Do the right thing. Okay, what is the right thing? Uh, don't judge people. 
Yeah, don't judge people. That's not the right thing to do. It isn't. No, no, right. And that's that's where we get that's where we get lost. What's the right thing to do? Who determines the right thing to do? I said it about ten times, but it's important. Um, boy, I had a great interview with Dr. Kerry Madey yesterday, and I want to I want to uh, I won't I won't, I won't throw it in there right now. Reggie, come on in, then Jonathan. I'll Thank you. Coach. One of the things I learned coming out of the Roman Catholic Church many years ago is I used to, you know, this isn't mean now, it was mean then, but I used to make fun of Protestants because that's what we're you know, taught. And I used to, you know, always say this phrase, personal relationship with God, because I would hear it. So yeah. one of the things that I had noticed after coming out and becoming friends with, you know, so many different denominations is they constantly tout that my personal relationship with God. But what I have learned in many of the people that I have met and know is they developed their, they didn't develop a personal relationship because they were too busy chasing prophecies, prophets, signs. And so I'm just like, Yep. Yeah. And I, and what, so circling back to what happened, the Lord spoke to me when I was in this cult, all cult. I, I had found myself in my very, very early twenties in the midst of these pious souls. And there were many of them and um, I was surrounded by them, but how they captured me was through signs and wonders, prophecies, prophecies. They, they work in the mystical realm and that's yeah. how they pull people away from the true Christ. So I just, I, I wanted to say that, that just really stood out to me as this personal relationship, but yet they're all just running around spending thousands of dollars running after prophets and signs and wonders. Jesus doesn't need to do that. You need to be strengthening and developing your faith personally with him behind closed doors. So, and quit searching for then, confirmations, yeah. signs and Listen, wonders. We need the body. There's no doubt we need the body, but I can tell you the truth. I could, I could stay all weekend just with my wife and I in fellowship with my wife and have the Lord in the midst of it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying there, right, folks? Get with me? Hey, I want you to do, pull up uh, Mr. Webster again, if you could. What does it mean to be pious? Pious. P-I-O-S. U-S. Oh, God, you better than me. Pious. Five, nine, four. Hey, we can hear you, Jonathan. Jonathan, we One. hear you. We can hear you, bud. Godly, referencing and honoring the supreme being, di- di- dictated by reverence to God, having due respect. Someone who's pious, who has an outward form of godliness, holier than thou. That's pious. A lot of piety in the American church, for sure. Mary Kelly, come on in, Mary. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. Beautiful this morning. Yes, so Mary, Mary from New York, uh, Joel mm-hmm. Osteen update, and I'd like feedback. So the tickets are free at Yankee Stadium, but the radio stations are giving them out like a raffle, so people are calling in. But what I'm surprised about is people say they don't really follow him, but they like to listen to him because he makes them feel better. Oh. So I'd like to know, I don't understand that. I mean, I listen to you to make me feel better, the truth. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Because, Mary, listen, again, <clears throat> uh, who am I to criticize Joel Osteen? Because I don't care who you are, it comes across as jealousy, right? That's the way it comes across. But uh, he's serving a different gospel, friends. He's, he's serving up a different gospel. He's serving up an ear-tickling gospel. I'll never watch, I'll never forget when uh, he was on Larry King, and Larry King asked him about homosexuality. And what did Joel Osteen say? Well, Larry... I don't really get into judging people. See that, that that's that's a safe Christianity, right? You'll draw the you'll draw thousands and thousands of people. You do live in that safe Christianity. That ain't for me, Mary. Not for me. Jonathan, come on in. Since you were talking to the whole world anyway before you hey, did sorry about that, guys. Really sorry. <clears throat> I'm trying to work too a little bit. Um the Lord gave me this uh in light of yesterday, and I think a lot of what you're doing today is to try to put a uh, a bow on what you were trying to bring forth yesterday, which I believe was anointed of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So first John chapter one, verse seven says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. So some of our views are wrong. 
I mean, I, I came out of a very strong religious background and I had to change. And, and I, because I went through that, I recognized that I could be wrong. And I think if we all come to the conclusion that we could be wrong and we walk in the light, what is the light going to do? I think you think of it as you're walking toward a ever bright light. It talks about in Proverbs chapter four, that we are continually moving closer and closer to the light, which is Yeshua. And he's revealing more and more stuff because we can't handle it all right away. I'm telling you, he's so kind to us. We cannot handle all the areas and where we need oh, to change. Absolutely it's can. too much. He's so, he's so merciful. He's so kind. He deals with us as dust. He recognizes that we're dust. As long as our hearts are turned toward the light, and we know, you know, different us are in the way longer than others, and we've been through different experiences, therefore we have different perspective. But if we're staring at the light and we're willing to go toward the light, we have fellowship with each other. We, we, we have to keep staring at the light and let it expose us. Don't be afraid. Let none of us be afraid to be exposed. Amen. 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 You know, I, I was I was thinking, Jonathan, as you were talking there, folks, I I couldn't name I'm not kidding you. Two. I couldn't name two players on the Cincinnati Reds. I couldn't name I think Aaron Judge plays for the New York Yankees, I think. I those who used to be my I get up, I would check the scores before I went to bed at night to see if they won. Right, I don't have any. I, I have no interest at all in following sports. I enjoy watching a football game. I enjoy watching the Buckeyes, but I don't. It doesn't drive my life. I told my wife yesterday. I am consumed by the things of the Lord. It is what I do all day long. Now, I, look, I'm not bragging. I'm trying to help you to see it's a heart change. Bible says, Jesus said that he would give you the desires of your heart. And we've taken that in modern Christianity and turned it into God will give you whatever you ask for. He'll give you your heart's desire, right? No, friends, no. My experience is the Lord gave me the desire of my heart. He changed the desire of my heart. I couldn't care less about the New York Yankees anymore. I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less about the Bengals. Couldn't care less about the Cavaliers. I couldn't care less. I got greater things. And I believe that the Lord gave me that desire. He put it in me. He says, I want you to seek after this because there's truth here and the people need to know it. You need to help. Not that I have it all, but I can promise you this. I'm digging for it. I dig for it. I dig for the truth all day long. Bernie, come on in, then Glenn. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, listen, I wrote this the other day. Um, I overheard someone listening to Joel Osteen and tried to identify what he was really saying. This observation is very troubling. He seems to teach that God worships man. His followers are flattered, but this is all wrong. God alone is to be worshipped. There is nothing in us to commend us to God. Amen. The humble, and that is truly amazing. So, anyways, yeah. So I was personally <coughs> listening, and I was just trying to figure that out. And I, I think that that's really it. They think that God's just flattered because you're yep. just so great and everything. And people, we yep. all love to that. All right, it's that yep. flattery. God loves us, man. Right? Yeah. But that's a great observation. That okay. is the that's the subtle message that's out there, isn't it? You what is the so object of worship? Think 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 about that whenever you're hearing different people say that. And, and what yeah. does the gospel really tell us? That God is free. <laughs> and, he, and he's invited us to be part of him. Yep. There's yep. nothing great about us. But nothing. being with him is great. Oh, I got I gotta show I gotta show you something here in a minute. Come on in. Okay. Thanks, friend. Come on in, Glenn. Let me see what I wanted to show while I was talking. Hey, listen, when I look over here, I'm paying attention. I promise. Go ahead. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I used, living in upstate New York, I used to watch the New York Jets every every Sunday, every weekend. Uh, and now we don't even watch TV anymore. So, uh, but here's here's the question I wanted to ask. Um, and I'll just throw this out because I, you, you, really, you really hit a great drive off the tee this morning, Coach, when you talked about hierarchy. 
hierarchy within the church, hierarchy within the Christian church. Yes. And, you know, you see, you know, these uh, guests that come in to, to preach, they're, they're, they're um, you know, they're, um, you know, they're, they have all kinds of titles. And so my question here is, what, why do we, why do we, why do they have these titles for Christian leaders in the church? Is it that they come, that they, um, so that we will command, they'll command respect of the congregation? Why, why is that? That's the well, question. So Glenn, let's say something. You, you go into a church, a local church, and you run into so-and-so. This is Pastor Tony, and then here is Associate Pastor Willie, and then you have Elder Smith, and then you have Elder Jones. Uh, what, how do you identify yourself? Well, who are you in that hierarchy? Do you have a title? Uh, what, uh, you are just a congregant, congregant Jones? I'm just Sheep uh, Smith? What? So as soon as we start delineating, naming a hierarchy, we're already, <laughs> we're already trapped into that mess. Now, I understand leadership. I understand, le- I understand how it goes. I understand that my assistant coaches were higher than the players. I got that. I get that. Okay? But they weren't so high that they could ignore or mistreat the players. They were part of the team, just as the same as the worst guy on the team. We were all treated the same. I'm not going to let the worst guy on the team, I'm not going to let the star on the team go out and uh, get drunk. I'm not going to let the assistant coach go out and get publicly drunk. They have different positions. In fact, the higher up the position, the more, the greater the responsibility. But not to, hey, you ain't no special. You ain't more special. So I'm guilty of it. I show respect to guys. I see Dr. Goslin, and I say, what? what? Paul says all the time, don't call me Doc. Call me Paul. I'm Paul. Yeah. My buddy Tom Gill, Pastor Tom. Tom. Call me Tom. Don't call me that, right? Why are you calling me that? Well, it's. That's your title. Okay, so what's my title? What's your title? Mel. Good morning. I'm just a tickled this morning. Hey, I really wanted to um, agree with Jonathan. I thought what Jonathan said was so amazing. You know, just the idea that you could be wrong. And I, I was thinking as he was talking that the light is really like an antiseptic. It's a cleansing <laughs> fire. And, um, you know, I just also want to say that on my own, I'm nothing. But God's using me. Um, I'm, a, I'm special because I'm a child of God. I can remember, you know, in my whole life praying, you know, God use me. And I think now I, I think he kind of chuckled and said, you're so not ready. I agree with Jonathan. He's so kind. He kind of brings you along in his first climbing. So amen, Jonathan. Amen. School of the wilderness. That's amen. what I tell everybody. I'm- I don't have a degree. I got a degree in the school of the wilderness. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, they don't pay you any better for having it, but I got one. <laughs> I got one. Clay, come on in, then Randy. My my mother is one of these uh, Joel Olstein followers. She uh, she has to. She says she has to listen to him to get herself centered every morning. The thing is, is when you call her every afternoon, nine times out of ten, she's in a terrible mood. <laughs> And and here's where I'm going with that, Coach. When we were, when I was a teenager, and me and my dad were sitting there watching a movie, uh, it may be like a Vietnam War movie, a true story. And she'd come, she'd hear the gunfire and scream, and come down ta- stairs and tell us to turn it off, because she did. And you know, and she'd say, and we'd say this is a true story, and she'd say, well, we don't have to focus on those things. We don't have to look and just because it happens, don't mean we have to focus on those things. And when you're when you go through medical first responder training, they put you through training that shows people with injuries and like maybe somebody stabbed in the eyeball with a pencil. Now, how are you going to be able to minister and help to help people that need your help if you ignore all the pain and suffering that goes on in Mm. life? You know, Clay, uh, I don't know if you guys had had the chance yet. I pat myself on the back. I did uh, sat in for Alan Keys yesterday and had Carrie Madey on and then had Dr. Paul Goslin on. Golly, those both really, really rocked. If you get a chance, watch them. In fact, I had a segment of Carrie Madey I wanted to, wanted to uh, share with you today. 
But I, you know, she broke her leg when, when the plane went down. By the way, the plane didn't go down. She said it lost power and it dropped. Just boom, just dropped out of the sky. And on the way down, uh, I'll play. I'll play it for you later. I'm, I'm trying to make a point. Uh, I said, Carrie, when you hit there and, and you realized you were alive, what'd you do? You know, she looked down. Her leg was backwards. Her foot was pointing the wrong way. The guy driving the plane, Billy, was unconscious. I said, Carrie, what, what the heck? She said, Coach, there's only one thing I could do. I immediately began to pray, and I got into the doctor mode. I made it not about me. I was just a doctor coming in and treating a patient. Because if had I ever allowed the reality of I was treating myself, if I'd ever allowed that reality to get into me, I don't know if I could have made it, she said. They sat there for an hour and 15 minutes. Nobody came. Hour and 15 minutes. I got the t- testimony. I'll, I don't have time maybe now to play it. Maybe I'll, sh- maybe I'll share it with you tomorrow. And she said, as soon as the medics arrived, an hour and 15 minutes later, she said, I lost it. I just lost it. But as long as I could get into that mindset that I was treating a patient, even though the patient happened to be me, I was able to get through it. That's a, that's a powerful, powerful thing. She said when she hit the ground, she didn't know whether she was alive or not. She knew she was alive. She didn't know whether she was physically alive. She couldn't believe that she was still alive. She was conscious, aware of everything, and she just couldn't believe it. Wow, what a, what a story she has to tell. And the story that she tells, go watch it on Friday. And I'll, again, I'll play it for you. Uh, she said it so increased her faith that she's in the Lord's hands. What are the, odd, what are the odds of living through that? They couldn't even find them. They were in the middle of a woods. How about this? 911. Sorry. The air traffic controllers did not notify 911 when they went down. Can, and can you believe that? They went down and the air traffic controllers didn't call 911. She finally got them on her own cell phone, pinged them on their own cell phone. What a story. Anyway, she's a bundle of joy because she's even more encouraged now that the Lord's in control and it's okay. And wow. What, what, what a story. Randy, come on in. I'm sorry, man. Didn't you need to take that long one. Oh, that what a testimony! What what a testimony! That's going to be amazing to hear that. It is amazing, Coach. I I'm gonna, I want to I want to tag on to what Glenn said about the hierarchy, Coach. I think you know the biggest problem in the church. And this is this is concerning the titles. The, you know the the quote <laughs> title that I am and my ministry yep. and all. This all yep. goes back to. The, uh, the Nicolaitan doctrine. Okay, this is a doctrine that Christ hated. He hated it. Why? I'll tell you why, Coach. Because Nico, if you, if you study this out in the Greek, Nico means to subdue. Hmm. Laetan is the people, the common people. So wow. what doctrine did, Coach, it subdued the common people. It's the hierarchy system that came right out of the Catholic Church. It went right into the Protestant churches. And you have a title, you have a pastor that says, I subdue the common people. And Jesus Christ, the head of the church, that doctrine. We have a system of Nicolaitans in our nation, and we don't even know it. They don't even know they're operating in that system, Coach. It's sad. And Randy, it's not really always evil men. It's the way the system is. They plug into the system. It's the same discussion I had again with Dr. Carey yesterday and Paul Gosselin, and they both said the same thing. It's the system. It's just you just plug a new person into that system. Coach, it takes away this. It takes away the 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 Holy Spirit's ability to choose whoever He wants to use to do something. It, yeah. it says the people look up to the hierarchy and they go, well, we, we're not supposed, we're just lay people. We just supposed yeah. to. The, yeah. so it I takes away the ability to equip the saints and the saints to be equipped. This, this is a terrible, terrible system. And until you see it, you're just going, they're just going to keep operating in it, coach. So, you know, if an apostle, if you go into a church, coach, if you'll notice, you have authority over that pastor. Why? Because God has, has, a, has a, an apostle call on you or, a, say, a prophet on someone. They have authority over that pastor. Why? Because they, it's, it's how God has placed authority. This is just how he's done it. And, and you don't abuse that. You, you use that and 
let it just let it be what it is. And and all these right. verbs, they're doing things. It's what you do. It's not who you are. It's what you do. Amen, Randy. Thanks, I, I Randy. Remember, Amen. I remember I was, with, I was with a group of pastors one time. I tagged along with another guy who was a pastor, and I was there. And they get there at this dinner table, and they're introducing each other. And hey, I'm I'm Pastor Mike. Hey, Pastor Mike. I'm I'm Pastor Mike. And it goes around the table, comes to me, and the guy introduces me. He says, "Well, coach, coach isn't a pastor. Coach, coach, coach. I want to jump up and smack somebody in the freaking mouth. What what a way to introduce somebody. But that's the mindset, isn't it? That's the mindset." And sadly, we fall into it as well. Dale. Yeah, Coach, brother, you know, I, I look at this and go, you know, I, I know a lot of people with these doctrinal degrees. I also know a bunch of people with driver's license, and they don't know how to drive on a highway either, right? So what, what difference does that make to me? But I'm going to shift real quick. I just want to encourage you. You remember uh, Richard Yoder, right, the Yoder dad? Oh, yeah. Spoke with him yesterday. You ready? You want to talk about an offspring? He's got 46 grandchildren, Coach. 46. <laughs> How would you remember their names? Well, that's, what, that, that's, that's what his wife, that's what he said. He goes, they come over. He goes, it, it, I can't remember all their names. 46. Yes, she could because you know what? When I was coaching, I knew every player's name. So you could do it. You could do it for sure. Wow. What encouragement that is. Rochelle. Hey, good morning, team. Um, I just wanted to comment, uh, bringing up Carrie Madej. Did she happen to share with you that um, in the past, I heard this from another interview she did, um, that God had told her she would not die in a plane crash? Yep, she couldn't figure out why. 40 40 years ago, so the Lord said to her, you're not going to die in a plane crash. Yeah, I just think that's pretty <laughs> And what a way to strengthen your, have your strength, your faith strengthened. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that in. Thank Folks, you. by the way, those uh, the interview with Carrie and uh, with Paul Gosling, they're both posted at, the, at on our website. I'm telling you, watch them. They're, they're really, really encouraging. Jack, come on in. Just a couple minutes left here. Jack. Can't hear you, Jack. There it goes. I couldn't get my fat finger on the button. Uh, just a, my, my cynical comment would be that some wackadoodle doctrine grabber will take Terry Madej's um, comment and say, well, we should be praying for a plane wreck so we can increase our faith, right? Come on. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where yeah. we end up because that's where we end up with these wackadoodle doctrines. Well, did you know this, Jack? Did you know Carrie told me she knows of at least 40 doctors who've been uh, doctors and medical people who've been died in mysterious situations? 40. She knows she's knows of. So uh, she's a little bit more confident now after the plane crash that if she lived through the plane crash, she's not going to get off until the you know, the Lord's got her, man. The Lord's got her, got her by the hand. Amen. Dale, you're still up. Did you want to say something else, Dale? I've got a couple minutes left. Nope. Jonathan. Yeah, so to summarize what an apostle is, mm-hmm. uh, Paul was proud that, not proud, that he would introduce himself as an apostle. So he knew who he was. The office that, yeah, that Jesus gave him was an apostle. But here's the thing. If you're an apostle, you're going to probably be martyred. You're going to be oh. washing feet. You're probably going to have to provide for yourself. You're not going to be paid. <laughs> so what we have to do is recognize if you got the office, like you're, you operate in that apostolic anointing, then recognize that you're probably going to be martyred or you're going to have a very difficult life and that you're going to have to wash feet. That's what Jesus said, right? Wash the feet. Thanks, John. Jeez. No, I get, I get it, man. Huh? Y'all in or not, folks, what it comes down to, right? Y'all in. Remember, the Bible tells us, teaches us that you present your body a living sacrifice. Folks, expense, what's the sacrifice? What's what Mr. Webster say a sacrifice is? We all know what it is, right? Sacrifice is the offering to God, to offer God in homage or worship, by killing and consuming as victims on an altar to emulate. 
to destroy, to surrender, to devote with loss, to destroy, to kill. So when you present your body a living sacrifice, dudes, there ain't nothing good in there for you. <laughs> Sorry, there ain't nothing good about a living sacrifice. You are a dead man walking, maybe not physically. You're a dead man walking if you're a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable. It's the least you can do. You're going you're to accept the salvation of Jesus Christ. The least you can do is present your body a living sacrifice. That's the least you can do, right? You can never repay him. The least you can do, die to yourself. God bless you. See you tomorrow.